Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Low Budget Bitches podcast, where we discuss our low budget opinions on some of our favorite reality TV shows. And today, we will be discussing RuPaul's Drag Race US season thirteen, episode seven. Hey, Sam, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very, very well. Excited that it's a long weekend here in Ontario. Yes. Any fun plans for a V-Day or a family day? Oh, no. I'm single as a Pringle. Fantastic. Same. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, I will be celebrating V-Day with my family because, you know what? I love them. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so this episode was crazy. Should we get into it? Yeah, let's go. Okay, so first off, I just want to start off saying that this episode, honestly, like, for me, it it, it made me look at certain people in a different light. Um, for it sure. kind of It's kind of showing character development for some people, and, and let's, we'll definitely chat about it. So last week, we saw that Tamisha Iman has come, has went home. I was going to be like, Tamisha Iman is coming for you. <laughs> She's no longer coming for us. She's no longer coming for us. It is sad that she's gone, but I kind of felt like it was her time to go. Yeah, it was. I probably said this like on an earlier podcast, uh, but I think that she would have done well in the earlier seasons of Drag Race. But I feel like now it's kind of a different game. And so um, it's very competitive. Yeah, definitely. It's just all these new girls with like the social media following and like all the money to buy all of these designs from these designers and you know they don't have to make all of their own costume it's true it's true very uh evie oddly of you to say that (laughs) (laughs) how dare you okay so let's jump into the mini challenge it is um a reading challenge because we know reading is what fundamental yes and the library is open um were there any standouts for you in this i feel like as we get further into these seasons the reads are not as good as they were back then yeah it's definitely um i feel like with certain people you can tell that it's like kind of scripted and they've been thinking about this for a little bit whereas with some people you can tell that it was just like on the spot and they're just naturally witty Exactly. I think uh, Candy Muse, one of her jokes or reads was like scripted in the sense that I've heard this before. Yeah. Also, hers were just like very like wordy that it kind of felt like she's been thinking about this. She wrote this down and she's been memorizing it rather than just like coming across like automatically. Yeah. Do you think that's because the producers, they give them like you know the list of challenges that are going to happen because they do that nowadays even for like quick drag the producers say that you know prepare something for quick drag whereas in the past seasons they never did that yeah yeah um i feel like these queens kind of already know like that number one snatch game is going to happen and then number two uh, this mini challenge is obviously going to happen all the time so i definitely think it's one of those situations that the minute they come into drag race and like see the queens like i feel like all the queens are probably just like thinking about okay like i need to come up with jokes on the side because this challenge is going to come any day now so it definitely is a little bit rehearsed slash prepared um 
but it, but it's all about again like the way that people say it and it comes out true true i personally really liked simone's okay here's the thing i'm biased to simone now i think simone is the winner of this season and no one can tell me otherwise um i love how like she puts on this like voice and act in her character every single time she has to like do a mini challenge or a maxi challenge and i really do appreciate that i know she's just so good at becoming a character and it's just always just fun to watch yes i love simone yay <laughs> simone yay Oh my goodness. So the worst one was definitely um, Elliot with two T's. That was so bad. So bad. I mean, not even one single he or ha, just dead silence. I always do think about like whether like any of them are funny and whether like it's all just editing because you know that you know editing does play a huge role into it and so sometimes they can like probably take people laughing and then put it in for certain people Uh, so it would be cool to kind of see this like raw without yes raw footage because I feel like some of the jokes they weren't that funny and yet you know you see the queens like laughing and I'm just like really yeah also i have i have like a huge question about like these prizes for any of these like mini challenges or maxi challenges i'm actually so happy that nowadays for the maxi challenges they're just giving like a full-on five thousand dollar tip which is fantastic because like that's what the queens do deserve but like in the past and even some of these mini challenges it's always like a weird janky like prizes like you won ten thousand dollars to nails 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 and nails (laughs) it's like what (laughs) right and it's like random stuff too, like two thousand dollar gift card, gift card to Klein Epstein suits and Parker. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, I want to know if like they have the option of like using the gift card towards that brand company, or if they can cash it out. I don't think they can cash it out. I think it's like a sponsored deal that they got, and they're. Drag Race is just like, yeah, we're just going to give the queen that because, you know, it was free for us. It was, you know, we we got to give the company publicity. It is what it is. Are you sure? Because I remember specifically in season eight with Kimchi, the first prize that she won was like $3,000 towards like wigs, wigs, wigs. But apparently she gave that $3,000 to her mom. And like RuPaul asked her about it. Like, oh, you gave that money to your mom, right? And she was just like, yeah, I just wanted her to... wanted to show her that you know what i'm doing is viable so i was just like yeah can they cash it out hmm i wonder that's a really good question i've never thought about that right so one of the many mysteries of drag race another mystery that i do have that i mean i can easily find out the answer to is when these gift cards are given for like these large amounts i'm always just like does this company like sell products that are very expensive because i always think about like giving the gift card amount relative to like the amount of like how much items cost for that store or business so it's very it's very interesting i know and even like when they give an all expenses paid trip to like aruba do these queens actually go on these trips because i feel like i never hear about it yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, if I was a queen and I want a trip, I would definitely go oh, on yeah. it. But I mean, at the same time, like, do these queens even like have the time 
to even go on these trips like after they're done drag race because we know that drag race has become such a business yeah that it's like the minute you're the minute you're on it like you're famous like you're not gonna have time at all yeah okay so let's move on to the maxi challenge so rupaul assigns these queens um all into groups so we see um I'm so bad. I don't know why I'm blanking right now. Okay, so we see Rose, um, Lala Brie, and Denali paired together. Then we see oh, Gottmik yeah. and Utica paired together oh, with Olivia Lux. Then we see mm-hmm. Simone and Candy Muse. And then finally, we see Miss Fire Lady, <laughs> Fireman Lady, <laughs> <laughs> and Elliot with two T's paired together. Um, also, something to note is that at the beginning of the episode, Elliot with two T's did mention that every single person that she has been in a group with has gone home. Yep. The curse of Elliot with two T's. What do you think of these groups initially? Um, I'm glad that Rue assigned groups. I'm always for uh, RuPaul when he assigns the groups instead of being like, oh, choose a group yourself or, you know, the two winners of the mini challenge or the group leaders. Yeah. So I was glad that Rue chose the groups for them because I don't, I just don't like it when all the friends just group up with each other. I like it when it's mixed up. Yeah, for a minute though, when Got Mick won the reading challenge, I actually thought that like RuPaul was going to be like, I'm going to give everyone the option, but Got Mick, since you won, you get to choose right. your group. And then I was like, this is going to be a test because it's going to be like, we're going to get to see is Got Mick going to go back and choose the same group as last time, which was um, Tina Burner and Candy Muse, or is Got Mick going to be like different this time and actually go for a different pairing? But I mean, that didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, so let's go over these scenes. Let's just kind of like get into um, the performances. Oh, actually, no, before we get into the performances, there were some things in the workroom that um, were are important to talk about. I know that you personally don't like watching workroom scenes, I know. but there were some things. So um, the first thing was um, Olivia wanting a character that Utica really wanted and them to kind of arguing for, not arguing, but kind of like going back and forth to see who um, got each other. And then Tina Burner was on the sidelines and was just like, I see what Olivia Lux is doing. She's a diva. What did you think of that moment? Um, so I will say for Olivia Lux, it's kind of like, girl, you're in a competition. Shouldn't you try to step out of your comfort zone? Yeah. So it's like, you should try to push yourself. And like, I get not wanting to, you know, take on like a role that you're not comfortable with and then maybe going home. But I think you just need to show some versatility and, you know, take on any role that you're given. Yeah, I do agree. But at the same time, I think that it was a poor mistake of Utica to mention her strength in improv. And that's the thing that we're learning in Drag Race. Just never talk about your strength and just be super quiet about it and then come in and steal the show because that's like the only strategy at this point exactly because i don't know what it is i guess they're jinxing themselves because whenever a queen says oh yes this is my practice this is what i do professionally they always do poorly in the challenge it's like what happened yeah 
I know. It's unfortunate. I actually, like, for a second thought, like, you know what? Like, Utica is going to probably win this challenge because she's very kooky and crazy. And I feel like for the first time ever, like, her campiness is going to be able to help her out in a challenge. But unfortunately, it didn't. And I have to say, I think Utica was exaggerating a bit because she did say, like, oh, you know, when I'm in my improv, a lot of people say that I steal the show. And I'm just like, okay. And then we see the challenge. And I'm like, girl, I don't think you steal the show. I think you just take over the show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, stealing the show is definitely what she did, but not in a great manner. Yeah. Um, another thing that we saw in the workroom was Elliot with two T's talking about her clinical depression with Tina Verner and kind of opening a little bit up. Um, that was kind of a, a nice moment because it, it did bring... It did make me like Elliot with Tutis a little bit better. I did feel really bad for Elliot, though, because, you know, it's never a good feeling to be, like, in a workroom or just in a group setting with all of these people. And, you know, they kind of just cast you off to the side and, like, you're not, like, good friends with them. And, like, you see everybody la- laughing and kikiing in their workstations and you're kind of just not a part of it. Yeah. It does, like, it does feel bad. I think she did explain it well in the sunset because she has depression. She puts up like this really big mask and wall yeah. up. And I think that that was, it was great to like kind of hear an explanation as to what that was all about. I feel like she really does remind me of Laganja from season six in the sense that like Laganja was very crazy and open, not open, but like, sorry, very like out there and put up a big wall and kind of had this like fake personality and character. And I mean, now after drag race has ended, we've gotten to know that Laganja is actually like a very like calm person, not like she was on season six and stuff. So I, I mean, I, I hope that after drag race ends or whenever happens, like I do hope that we get to see a, a different side to Elliot. Yeah. But, um, there's been some drama on Twitter with Miss. Oh, has there? Apparently, like, way back when, in, like, 2010 or 2013, he said some, like, racist stuff and, like, transphobic stuff or something like that. So. I'm not really surprised. (laughs) 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 Hate to say it, but I'm not surprised. Uh, Yeah. Um, Okay, so let's move on to the actual performances in Bossy Rossi. Mm -hmm. Um, So the first team that we see is Rosé, Denali, and um, what is her name? Lala Ree. I'm so sorry. Say her name, Lala (laughs) Ree. What did you think of this scene? So in my opinion, for these types of improv challenges, I personally don't like it when the queens are like super dramatic and like super exaggerated um so that's my opinion on them i didn't i didn't love their performance and i was hoping hoping that lala Ree would come in pizzazz and she kind of did yeah. for a little while but then it just fizzled out yeah, um, I thought in this Denali did really great out of all three of them. I think Denali was like my favorite one in this because she really just came in and she like kind of like stole the scene um, from 
Rosé. And I had the same exact expectation for Lala Ree. I was just like, you know what? This is going to be the time for her to really just like show how funny she is. Because I feel like I get a very funny vibe from her. And people have said in the workroom that like she's really funny in the workroom. And I was hoping for so much more, but it just, it didn't land. I know. It's so tragic. Also, Lala Ree needs to find clothing that, like, fits her properly, like, bottoms. Because every, I feel like every time she wears something, like, her skirt or whatever is, like, too low. I mean, too high. It's like, girl, just, you need to extend it a little bit down. That's, that pencil skirt was way too, like, high up. I know, but we all know Lala Ree loves a little mini dress, (laughs) mini skirt moment. (sighs) Yeah, it just unfortunately doesn't, like, work with her body. (laughs) I said what I said. (laughs) Okay, okay. What you said was some bullshit. (laughs) I love how much you stan Lala Ree. (laughs) She's very talented. I love the Lala Ree experience. She, She honestly does, and I'm not trying to put queens in a box, but, like, I feel like there's definitely, now that we've had so many seasons of Drag Race, there's definitely people that remind me of other people. And I feel like she kind of reminds me of Monique Hart in the sense that she's a really funny person. She's just like, this season and this time is just not her time. But I feel like she will do amazing in an all-star season. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'd love to see it. Yeah. Alrighty, so let's move on to the next scene, which is uh, the mimology scene. So we have Got Mick, um, we have Olivia Lux, and then we have Utica. What did you think of this? Oh, I love this one. I honestly didn't think Olivia Lux was going to be this funny, but she really stole the show. Uh, Utica, I mean, we already kind of discussed this. She said that she's super experienced in improv this is her ish but she really just flopped yeah i agree i really liked got making this scene as well i think oh yeah Mick did a good good job at like not being too over the top but also like being the character perfectly exactly and yeah. i feel like we're starting to like i honestly in the last acting challenge i actually liked got Mick's performance in that as well so i mean it's really cool to see that got Mick is talented in acting as well and that mug Oh my was god, yeah. So good. I oh. was like, damn, like we already knew that she was like a makeup artist before drag race. Like she's done worked with many celebrities and many drag race uh alum. But this the her eye look, that was fantastic. Her looks are always on point. Yeah, she knows how to beat that face. Um, and then yeah, I agree. Utica just really did a bad job. <laughs> yeah, she just kept going on and on about just unnecessary things and it didn't move the scene forward and so it was kind of just like we're listening to her talk about starbucks for a good like 20 seconds and it's like what relevance does this have to the scene (laughs) yeah and for being like an improv person something that she kind of like i always like cringe so i did a little bit of improv myself in grade nine when i was a thespian (laughs) So I still, okay, and I did drama for all four years of high school and was in like every single play. But that being said, (laughs) that being said, like the thing that I hate is like when someone else is trying to talk and someone else is talking over them 
And that's kind of what Utica was doing at the beginning of the scene when she came in and yeah. talking about her Starbucks. That's where I was like cringing the most. And that's where like right away I was just like, yeah, girl, like you're going to be in the bottom because like someone is trying to say something and you just keep on saying your thing is taking away from the scene. Exactly. And she just kind of kept stealing, what do you call it? Like airtime or whatever when ross would ask like olivia or like scott make would be talking she would try to like jump in and it's like no you need to sit back for a second exactly and then at the end too i feel like she was doing like too much where like she was like rolling on the yeah. floor or something and i was like what <laughs> yeah it wasn't good also the the part that sucks sometimes is like when you're in a comedy challenge like this and you're being rude to somebody like I don't yeah. know, like, I guess that that was kind of, like, her character to, like, um, which explains why Olivia is, like, a mime now. But, like, it was kind of, it came across rude rather than funny. Exactly, yeah. It's, there's a fine line. Definitely. Alrighty, so the next scene was with Candy. And I always, like, get, in my head, I'm always like, Candy Ho, but I'm like, that's not the oh person. God, yeah. This Candy Muse. Um, and then with Simone Simone, um, what did you think of this? I love Deborah. Oh my god! So when they were when they were in the workroom, I was kind of like, Candy is gonna tank this, and um, Simone is gonna come in and like steal the show. And Simone was like for like a bit worried about how Candy would be, but I was like, Simone, this is actually fantastic. Like you're gonna be able to come in and steal the show, and it's gonna be fantastic. Exactly. Um, what did you think of like Candy's uh, like strategy to be very calm and not be as out there? At first, I thought, you know, maybe that isn't a good idea. And in the beginning, when she was coming into the talk show, I was like, hmm, I don't know. I feel like she needs to be a little bit more, more energy. But it did work out for her, and like I did like her performance. Yeah, I agree with you. At first, I was very hesitant. I was just like, I don't know. I feel like she's just not really doing anything. And right. then as the scene went on, it kind of made sense. But oh my God, Simone stole this. She was amazing. From the freaking jump, her climbing over the fence in her mini dress. <laughs> oh my God, so good. It was fantastic. Like she, I felt like, the the scene really did feel like it was her moment it was she was the main character sitting there and candy was kind of just like the side character because simone like had so much to say and it didn't sound scripted but at the same time it did sound like she thought about it and like you know it was well rehearsed in a way yeah she totally embodied the character of deborah and she, <laughs> honestly it just looked like it was acting even though she was you know coming up with this on the spot it looked like scripted acted produced so good and the whole deborah thing too like she did the same thing in the last acting challenge where she changed the word factory to factory. i know factory. and <laughs> this is like um like i i can't she's a genius so and good. then I didn't notice this, but I'm noticing it now because I have uh, the episode playing on one of my screens and she has like an ankle bracelet. So I'm just like, wow, like she really did put in a lot of like thought into like her character and the props and everything. 
I know. And then when they started singing and she hit those high tones, oh my god. Yeah, that was amazing. I also liked how, like, in this scene, they kind of, um, they they had a good strategy in the sense that rather than being, I feel like in a lot of these improv scenes, we see a lot of people, like, fighting. Yeah. Um, like, crazy. And then they, like, automatically, like, in, like, a moment's um in a moment they're like all of a sudden like best friends or like they're like loving each other whereas and we've seen that i feel like that's happened in every single improv challenge on drag race but this one what set it apart was they didn't really like have that like crazy fighting but like their their moment of like liking each other kind of like felt natural and like didn't feel overproduced exactly it was nice and subtle and it made sense and it was like good pacing exactly what do you so besides the challenge just to kind of go on a different note what do you think of simone's um whole perspective on like her doubting herself it's just honestly to me it's crazy that she doubts herself so much but it's like she's so good yeah i was so surprised to hear that she's like constantly doubting herself and you know worried that she's not doing the best that she can do and i'm like are you serious like what yeah that's crazy. She's doing so well. Yeah. I hope she knows and I hope she sees this entire season. And I mean, I hope that she made it till top four, top three, or whatever they're doing this time around. Exactly, but yeah. Um she is amazing and she will do very well regardless of what her placement is gonna be on this season. Exactly. I hope she goes into acting like Shangela or like any other th- those acting drag queens, because she would do so well. 1000%. She she definitely needs like a lead role in something. Oh, yeah. I would also like pay to see her like whenever like the pandemic is over, I'm definitely going to a show if she has like a solo show or whatever. Like I, I will pay right now. I know. Take all my money. Take all my money. Alrighty, so let's move on. I believe this is the final scene with Tina yeah. Burner and Ellie with two T's. Um, I particularly didn't care for this scene. Yeah, this is exactly what you said about those scenes where it's like they're fighting crazy and then they're suddenly like lovers and they're making out and it's just... Yeah. They're just doing it to be dramatic and they think that's going to be funny. And it really isn't. And so... I didn't really think that either of them did particularly well. It's just that Tina Burner was very loud and exaggerated in her improvisation. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also thought that I agreed with the other girls in the sense that Elliot with two T's, her character was a little like, quote unquote, like old presenting. Like, I feel like she kind of made herself look older than what was necessary. I mean, like at the end of the scene, we did see that she looked kind of normal, but yeah, it was it was off. Yeah. Alrighty, so let's move on to the runways. Category is beaded for the gods. It was just beaded. Oh, okay, it was just beads. I was just like, in my head, I was going to say like beads, but then I was just like, I'm sure RuPaul like said something like beaded for the gods or something like that, or beaded realness. <laughs> See, I thought she said beat it. So beat oh. with the T. And I was just like, what does that mean? But he actually said bead, but it, just, but it sounded it. like beat, beat it. 
you know, (laughs) wordplay. And I was like confused for a second. But then, you know, once the first person came out, which was Denali, Mm -hmm. I understood. (laughs) Okay. So speaking of Denali, let's talk about her look. What did you think? I liked it. It was fun. It was a little Katy Perry at the Met Gala moment inspiration. Oh, you're right. I forgot about that. Yep. So I thought it. I thought hers was fun. I don't know about this. What? I thought. Okay. I think it's beautiful, but also I think that there's little things in this outfit that could have been changed to make it look better. Like, I don't really particularly like that hair. Oh, okay. Um, and then I also just felt like. The the dress that she wore under, I mean, I don't know if she could have worn like a different dress, but like that dress that she wore underneath kind of just, I don't know. I just, I wasn't vibing. And then the things that were coming out of like her head area, I know that it's supposed to be like a chandelier, but like it kind of felt like, especially the top ones kind of felt like antlers. <laughs> True. I could see that. And then for her makeup, um, I wish that she might, like, I wish that she did something else. I don't know. I don't know. I I mean, it was a good look, but, like, it wasn't my favorite of the night, obviously. Yeah. Okay, so the next person we see is Rosé with this little pixie um, look. What'd you think? It was cute. Um, Didn't wow me. It was just a Mm -hmm. little dress with some beads glued onto it i guess i think that's the thing about rose is that her outfits are good they're not like bad but they're just like not the best compared to other people and we're constantly seeing that on the runways that like she is she knows how to do her face and she knows how to like you know look and embody characters but it's just the looks aren't the best but they're not the worst yeah there's just not a lot of creativity in the looks and so you know they're just like dresses yeah, I agree with you. Okay, so the next person is your favorite, Lala Ree. And this was amazing. I actually thought this was great. I really liked this one. I didn't even notice that there was a hole that Michelle was talking about. I was like, okay. I didn't either. But I really liked this one too. Um, I love the movement. You know, this outfit works uh, now that it's super short. <laughs> yeah. It was honestly, like, I thought it was fantastic, but also because I knew that she was possibly going to be in the bottom, too. So I was just like, this is going to be a great outfit to lip sync in because it has so much movement. And then her hair as well. Her hair, I thought, was really great in this as well. Yeah. Alrighty, so the next person we see is Scott Mick with this um, anal bead-inspired look. This, to me, I, I feel like it's played out because we've seen Aquaria do something similar. And then right. I believe there's somebody else who has done something similar. I, I don't remember, but I felt like it was kind of like, it was smart, but it was also like not the best. Yeah, I would agree with that too. Um, it was creative compared to what we see on the runway, but it also wasn't, gag worthy in my opinion yeah i i wish i feel like there could have been like the shoes could have been a little bit different and it would have looked maybe like more fun like maybe she could have done mm-hmm. like a boot rather than just yeah. like a heel um all so let's move on to olivia lux what do you think of this 
what's up with Olivia? Like, she seems to just be behind these queens because she had that boxing ring look that Simone had already did, and then she did it. Now her hair is the same as Candy from the bag ball. Oh, like, yeah. It is did that look Candy's, very similar. Is that Candy's hair? <laughs> or did she actually prepare this? And, it, you know, it's a coincidence that Candy also had that hair, too. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It is, uh, I, I think it's just a coincidence because obviously she had these looks prepared prehand, but um, it just happened that these runways were after those looks were already debuted. I know. I didn't care for this look. Yeah, I didn't care for this look either. Her dress was so boring to me. I mean, it didn't scream beads, you know? Yeah, like, I mean, it was cute, but it wasn't like... Yeah, I agree. Like, compared to everyone else, it didn't, like, really fit the category. Okay, so let's move on to the beaded bride, Utica. (laughs) I hated this look. It was rotted. (laughs) I kind of like the look, but I also didn't think that this was um, super in line with the category of beat it. There was too much happening in this look. Like, she has a bodysuit underneath, and then she has this wedding dress on top. And the wedding dress is, like, just, like, pieces of fabric. And then the bottom is, like, red. And I know that she was going for this, like, bloody bride theme, but it was just, like, too much. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff going on in this look. I think it would have been cool if she had just done, like, a basic white dress underneath Mm-hmm. And I know it could have still been like a whole bloody theme, but I feel like it would have maybe made the look made it look a little bit more um, cohesive and as one, and it, it wouldn't have too many different components because the red underneath kind of just threw it off for me. Yeah, I feel like if she wanted to do like a bloody bride, it could have been cool to have some sort of white dress or whatever, and then use red beads to drip all over your body as the blood. That would have been a cool concept. That is a very cool concept. I would have loved to see that. And that's why I would win the design challenge. <laughs> I mean, but can you sew? No. Exactly. Can you? That's what we thought. Um, I can sew manually by hand, but I cannot sew with the machine. <laughs> I mean, so can I, but whatever. <laughs> um, I know how to hot glue, so I would uh, hot glue everything down to my body. True, same. Okay, so let's move on to Miss Candy Muse. I really liked this outfit. I really uh, It wasn't obviously my favorite, but it was it was good. Uh, the only thing I wish was that um, the fur cover wasn't covering so much of her body so that we could see, like, the beaded whatever she's wearing, like, the corset and stuff like that. But overall, I really did love this look. Yeah, I... I... I kind of wish that she had kind of taken it off for a small second oh, yeah. so that we could have admired the entire outfit. Um, but unfortunately she did. But I mean, it was still really good compared to like her previous looks. This was definitely top tier. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to Simone. Oh my God. This look was amazing. This look was it. Nobody else can compare. I mean, how do you even follow up? Like, oh my God, it's so good. Yeah, it was like the beadwork, the the placement of everything. Um, also, like I, 
in the past, like I feel like skinny queens do get away with like being able to not wear anything. But I think she is the exception to this because not only does everything look great on her body and she knows how to like use her body to her advantage, but like the fact that her body is always like glowing. I don't know what this girl puts on her body, but it is shiny for the gods and it's amazing and I love it. It's so good. It like makes her outfits like enhanced. It does. It really adds the cherry on top. And then she turns around and we see that her hair is beaded with the word Simone on it. I was gagging. I was like, oh my God. Just when I thought this outfit couldn't get better, it got better. Literally, I said out loud, I was like, oh my God, it's Simone in beads. I literally screamed out loud too. I was just like, ah! (laughs) So good. So good. And RuPaul said this was like one of the best outfits she's seen on the runway in her story. Exactly. I hope she sees this and she recognizes. I hope Simone recognizes that she is that bitch and she She should not be doubting herself. Exactly. Um, Okay, so let's move on to Miss Tina Burner. This look is rotted. (laughs) Fucking dead. I... I hate these looks so much. Like, who is the designer for these? Like, oh my god. And I don't understand why she loves, like, a reveal. A reveal. She keeps ripping off pieces and, like, they're not looking better. Yeah, it was, that reveal was completely unnecessary. Like, it literally did no justice. It didn't even make the outfit look different at all. It was the same material, same fabric, same everything still happening. Um, the hair did not match this outfit. Like, this lady only brought red hair or orange hair. I know. Oh, my gosh. I feel like the the... I understand the look that she was going for, which is kind of like a jester kind of look, but like make it fashion. Um, And I think that if she had purple hair, it would have maybe made the look look a little bit more like cohesive, but I think the Uh red just threw it off. I know. And then like even the titty reveal, I was like... Uh Uh-uh. I know. That was bad. And she thought she was being so funny and so campy, and I was like, no. It was bad. Like, I feel like her looks are probably, like, okay for, like, the New York clubs. But no, mama, not for this. Not for a runway. You don't do this. Yeah, like, the club lighting probably makes it better. But no, no, no. This professional stage lighting. Ugh. I know. Okay, let's move on to Miss Elliot with two Ts. Um, This flapper outfit. I kind of liked it. Yeah, I like this look. It was fun. It was, but the only unfortunate part is that by the time we got to her, we had seen these Mardi Gras colors played out like already so many times that it was kind of unfortunate. For Tina's look, I kind of thought it was unnecessary. She didn't have to do those colors. Um, She could have done something else, but for Elliot, like it looked really good, but by that point, I was kind of like tired of it. Yeah, but I did really like the way that um, the beads were, like, draping over her. I thought that was really pretty. I also like that her beads, um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm trying to, like, quickly see, but her beads weren't, they didn't look like they were just regular beads. They looked like they were, like, 
a little bit more like sparkly and more like a little bit smaller and like higher quality. True. It probably yeah, that was yeah, it probably is not the Mardi Gras beads we get in Dollarama. Yeah, just, just because, like, when you also, like, see the way that her outfit shined compared to everyone else's, like, everyone else's did because it's, like, beads and there's reflectance, but, like, hers was, like, definitely sparkling. Yeah. Alrighty, so let's move on to Rue's decisions. Um, so Rue has said that um, Rosé, Denali, um, Gottmik, and Tina Burner are safe. What do you think of that decision? <laughs> I feel like I could see Denali's eyes rolling because she's like, I'm safe again. <laughs> she's probably so did, pissed. Yeah, did you watch Untucked? No, I didn't, but um, maybe I will after this. Okay, Untucked was actually really good this time. Um, okay. Just because you got to like learn a little bit more about different people and I, I'm probably going to spoil it for you here but I'll talk definitely a little bit about it so uh, when they went back to Untucked um, they all were just sitting down and talking about like the decisions and stuff Tina um, Rose and um, Tina Rose and Denali were very upset about being safe um, and Denali was very very upset like she was mad um, she even had to take a moment to step away because there was a moment where like they were all talking and she felt like she couldn't get a word in and she felt very frustrated and had to walk away because she was just like, not only am I not being seen on the runway and for like all the things that I'm doing, but like even in this like small group of people, I'm not being heard and it's making me feel like I'm fading into the background, which is a concern I do understand but I, I mean, I personally don't think she's fading into the back. I think Rosé is definitely fading into the back, but I think Denali's still up there for me. Wow. Okay, I will definitely watch. Yeah. And I don't know why Tina Burner was upset. I was like, Tina, did you not look in the mirror? No offense, but, like, your outfit was terrible. Actually, all the offense. Your outfit was rotted. Yeah. I think no matter how well Tina does in these main challenges these runways they're just so bad they're just not good and they're not good enough for her to actually win the whole challenge and i think she needs to like self-reflect and recognize her fashion suck i agree with you she does she definitely needs to um and then also in untucked we saw that rose and denali like we we know that they've been in um this is their second challenge i believe that they were oh, together yeah. And they are developing like a big friendship. So, you know, they do talk to each other and they're just, and Rose was just like, you know, like you're my like bestest friend over here. So like, just like, you need to like snap out of this like mindset, which was again, like a cute thing to see. I love to see when drag queens are like, you know, supporting each other emotionally. And it, it's nice to see. True, true. So let's talk about the rest of Rue's decision. So um, Lala is in the bottom. Um, Olivia Lex is the top, uh, Utica is in the bottom, Candy Muse is the top, Simone is in the top, and uh, Elliot is in the bottom. What did you think of those mm -hmm. decisions? Uh, from the performances and the runways, they all make sense, mm -hmm. but I don't agree with like the bottom two that ended up. Losing. I don't either. Okay, cool. Yeah. I thought that Utica should have been in the bottom too. Right? I should I think she should have been in the bottom. 
Um, I also, I mean, I don't agree that Olivia should have won the whole thing um, based on oh my God, performance so and the that. look. That didn't make sense to me at all. It was crazy because when you watched the critiques, RuPaul and all of them had like amazing things to say about Simone. And like RuPaul even said, like, this is the best look that she's ever seen on the runway. Exactly. And to me, like automatically I was, and when she said the comment to Simone too directly, she was just like, that is the best look ever. Like automatically I was just like, Simone is a winner. She's winning this right? challenge. She deserves to win. And that's on that period. I know. So I was I very surprised and disappointed that Olivia won. Yeah, I would have even been happy if uh, Candy won. Yeah, definitely. Like, either of those two. But, like, Olivia, I mean, her performance was good. But then this runway was just, compared to Simone and Candy, like, this was so plain and boring. I know it, it was. And so who do you think, in your opinion, out of all the girls, not just Rue's decisions, but who do you think the bottom two should have been? I think it should have been Utica and Tina Burner. I 1000% agree. Like, I mean, Tina Burner's performance, it wasn't that good. It was just really loud and exaggerated. Yeah, I agree. I feel like they're really giving her this weird edit that makes her look really good makes her seem very funny but it is just again i we said this last time on the last episode and i'll say it again it is not fair that in the past they have held certain queens accountable for having the same sort of look or having the same sort of like aesthetic and personality and just really carrying that out like we saw that again i'll repeat we saw that with um what's her name I'm forgetting names. We saw that with uh, Monet Exchange with the kitty cat wigs, um, Dusty Ray Bottoms with the dots, and then with Tina Burner, it's like, oh, yeah, you wear red all the time, and you always have to incorporate an ugly aesthetic, and we're just going to pretend like it's totally fine and normal. Yeah, like, I don't understand. It's like, they're truly delusional, and it's so obvious. Like, obviously... In other seasons, they didn't make it so obvious that they were playing like a bias or whatever. But this is just like, come on. Like, the audience is not stupid. We can see that Tina has worn red, orange, and yellow for like, I don't know how many runways there are, but all of them essentially. And the challenges too. And it's like, you have said nothing, zero, not even like one comment. It's dead. Like, what? How does that make sense? Exactly. I also felt that Lala Reed, like, she didn't do terrible in her challenge. Yeah, and, like, her runway was actually really good. Yeah, like, you did, like, the people that I really do think about that I actually like, cringed really hard at for the improv challenge was definitely Utica. And then Tina Burner and um, Ellie with UT, like, there they're wasn't that great. So I definitely agree in the sense that Tina Burner should have been in the bottom. So should have Utica. Yeah. So um, I'm going to, again, talk a little bit about Untucked because there was actually some uh, really great moments that we saw there. Um, so we see that Lala Ree is full on defeated. Like she is just, Aww. she literally tells the girl, she's just like, I'm emotionally and physically defeated. And like, I don't know if I can go on further. And it's, it is really sad to see when someone gets to that point. And they, but 
And the crazy, not crazy, but like Candy actually like made her feel better. Like, I mean, all the girls did, but Candy was like really making sure that all the girls that were feeling down felt better. Like she even went up to Elliot and consoled Elliot and was just like, you're a fierce queen. Like, don't worry. Like, and that was kind of what changed my perspective on some of these people because I was just like, damn, like I wasn't liking Candy before in the first uh, few episodes, but now like this kind of was really sweet to see the side of her. That's interesting to hear because I usually think that, you know, a leopard doesn't change their spots or lose their spots or whatever. So I feel like she's trying to save face. I actually thought it was very genuine because she did like tell, she was talking about like how she had felt over the past few weeks. And instead of her, like, I mean, she did like, obviously like when she came back into the workroom for untucked, she was just like, yeah, like I'm in the top and it feels really nice to feel for once that my looks are good. But at the same time, she did resonate a lot with the bottom queen. She was just like, I know exactly what you're going through. It's the worst feeling ever. You feel defeated, but you really just have to think of it as, you know, you're in a competition because look at me. Like I was terrible for the past few weeks and I I all of a sudden was in the top now. So you just have to like keep that motivation. And it, it felt very genuine. And also there was a moment where um, Candy... Uh, Tina Burner, Gottmik, and I believe there's someone else. They all went outside to talk and they weren't shit talking. They were rather like talking. They were saying great things about the queens that were inside and the bottom queens. They were just like for Lala Reed, they were just like, it's unfortunate that she feels this way because out of the competition, like out of the challenges, like she's such a great person. She lights up the room and it's unfortunate that she's in this position. And then same for Utica. They talked a little bit more about the conversation she had with Tina and about her depression and Candy was just like, yeah, like I agree. Like, I think that she just has a big wall up and when she actually has proper conversations without a personality, like she is a very nice person and down to earth. So it was, it was a very nice untucked. It was very loving. And honestly, I kind of felt like crying because it was so beautiful to see. Oh my God. Not crying <laughs> again. I know, I know, I know. I'm a very uh, senti person nowadays. Clearly. Clearly. Okay, so let's fast forward to when we come back out. So we just kind of talked about that. We saw that Olivia Lux Muan, which was kind of unfortunate because we were rooting for Simone. Um, uh-huh. And then we see um, Lala Ree and Ali with two T's in the bottom. What did you think of the performance? Um, I thought they were both really strong. Yeah. I was surprised by the outcome because <laughs> I thought Lollary did better because something that happens a lot in these um, lip syncs is that, you know, the queens who can dance, they always overcompensate, I feel like, with, like, the cartwheels, the splits, the high kicks, the death drops. And it's like, sometimes you don't need all of those tricks and things like that. Like, I don't need to see five jump splits in a lip sync 
Yeah, I agree with you. I think that the only time it makes sense to do it is if like you're like it, it depends on the song, right? It depends right. like if there's a point where like there's all of a sudden gonna be like a beat drop or something like that, then it definitely makes sense to see. And like a, a great example is when Denali and Kamara were in the bottom and when Denali did that performance, it was fantastic because it made sense. It went with the song, she did the splits and stuff whenever it was necessary. But in this we kind of saw Elliot doing a little bit too much. Yeah, so that's why I was, like, not the biggest fan and thought that Lala Ree should have won. But it was not the fate. I thought that Lala Ree's hair would have been perfect for this lip sync and for any lip sync, for that matter. But I think that it did kind of take away because the hair, because it was so big, it was covering her face a lot. Yeah. And the thing that we know about Lala Ree is that her facial expressions are amazing when she does yeah. lip sync. I really wish that she had put like a kitty wig, kitty cat wig under her this oh, wig. Yeah. And I wish she had taken it off because that I feel like would have elevated the performance. Oh my god, that would have been so good. Yeah, it would have been, and she would have definitely won. Oh yeah. For a second, I also thought that this was going to be a double Shantae you stay. Oh my god, same. I thought for a second, because she took, RuPaul took a longer pause than usual before saying yeah. any one of their names. And I was like, oh my god, is she going to say Shantae you both stay? But then she did it, and I was like, No. <laughs> I know, and a part of me thought that because I was just like, oh my god, they're probably, are they going to do, like, another thing where, like, they save Elio 2Ts once again? You know, like, I was just like, what if that happens? Like, I feel like the fans would probably, like, be like, oh my god, it would kind of be, like, a gag in kind of, like, not the best way, but I think it would have definitely, like, gagged all of us because we would have been like, this girl is never going home. (laughs) I know. She's like a cockroach. She never dies never dies but i mean she got to stay (sighs) your favorite has left the competition i was i was so sad i was like oh my god la la re Alrighty, so i guess that was the episode yeah oh i have a random observation but people really like olivia lux's smile i think it's like a really creepy smile yeah, I don't, I thought she was, this is going to sound rude, but I thought she was beautiful in the first few episodes, but now her smile is coming across a little bit plasticky and fake, if yeah. that makes sense. It's a very pageant smile. It's very pageanty. Because and- her like mouth is so big and she can, you know, smile that much, it just looks really like creepy and kind of fake and just oh freaks me out i think it possibly could be that she has like a resting bitch face and that's why she like tries to smile the entire time because otherwise she might look like she's mad or something because people some people do have those kind of faces yeah and i feel like it's i i mean it's kind of a good strategy for her because she knows that she's going to be always seen on camera and that you always have to make yourself look good at every single moment because the camera could capture you at any single time but i do agree it's coming across very uh, robotic yeah <laughs> Alrighty, so um yeah i guess that concludes the episode lala Ree has gone home um and yeah next episode we're gonna see a special appearance from anne hathaway which is very random <laughs> very random and another rusical i am so over these rusicals 
Yeah. It's interesting. Like, this is... Did they already do a musical in this season? Yeah, right? Yeah, wasn't, like, Phenomenon? No, that's... I don't know. I don't think that counts. I swear there was already a musical in this. Oh no, dis- disco mentory like that. The last oh, episode, yeah. I, that, that felt like a musical, right? Who knows? Maybe they're just like you know what? Like let's let's just do as many these singing challenges as we can. Uh, I feel like they need to like the producers need to reassess and listen to the fans because I feel like a lot of the fans they just want the design challenges, the balls, um, like snatch game. And like that's it. That's all we want. <laughs> we don't want I would improv, love acting, musicals. Yeah, I would love to see a season that was like purely like design. Like, okay, like this is a collaboration with like um what's it called? What's that one show called? Project Runway. Runway. Project Runway. It's just like and, and queens are not allowed to bring any looks. Everything oh has to be constructed in the workroom. And we see the queens go ham. I would love to see a season like that. Oh, yeah. I would pay to see that. Exactly. Alrighty. So I guess, yeah, that brings us to the end of our episode today. We will be back next week to discuss another episode of RuPaul's Drag Race US. Please follow us on Instagram. And we now have a Twitter at the low budget B. So be sure to follow us there and, you know, tweet at us any of your opinions and also rate us on Apple Podcasts. Yes, rate us anywhere possible. <laughs> um, and we love to hear what you guys want to hear more about, any sort of feedback that you might have, just because we want to be able to implement everything that our listeners want us to. Um, so don't be afraid, don't be shy to reach out to us on our Instagram or Twitter or even on the reviews for wherever you listen to this podcast. But that being said, thank you for listening today and we will see you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. <laughs>